Hey podcast fans, this is episode 30. So, you might remember in episode 18, um, we had some prophecies which Dan does not remember whatsoever. And those prophecies were, 1. Dan says the n-word. 2. Uh, Dan mispronounces the Greek word. Obviously gonna happen. And 3. We mentioned Peterborough services. I'm not gonna try and allude to this, but it might happen, so keep your eyes out. Dan is none the wiser. Enjoy. Welcome to Myths. I'm Matt Hoss. And I'm Dan Rhodes. Whether you know about Theseus or you're revising your syllabus. If you want tales with a bit of jest or you just want to hear about incest. What? What? It's really interesting. Welcome to Myths. Welcome to Myths. Como esta? Welcome to Myths! Uh, we started on a Spanish one this yeah. time. Yeah, uh, como estas? Uh, si, senor. What does that mean? Como estas just means how are you. Oh, si, senor. <laughs> <laughs> how are you? Yes! Yes! Senor, yes, esta good. Danke. Come to German, German again. again. <laughs> German, German again. Well, why don't you speak Spanish and I'll speak German? Because you speak a bit of Spanish, don't you? Well, only from when I was in South America. Oh, I'm Dan. I've travelled the world. Oh, oh. God, you Okay, so I'm going to speak Spanish. You reply in German. Yeah, okay. okay. Yeah. Come. Cool. Hola, Matt. Hello. Hello, Daniel. Uh, ¿Cómo estás? Ich bin gut, danke. Und dir? Bien, gracias. Bitte. Hasta luego. Du bist ein Schwarzkopf. <laughs> I, From I what I understand, that was, hello, hello Dan, how are you? I'm good. You? I'm good. See you later. Go suck my dick or something, whatever yeah. you just said. Well, I meant to send Scheiserkopf, but what I said instead of Schwarzkopf. Does that mean shithead? Uh, yeah, Scheiserkopf, but I actually said um, a Schwarzkopf, which is blackhead. Go go away, blackhead, it's less of an insult. Isn't so. Schwarzkopf after a yes, s- yeah. shampoo? Yeah, that's why I said it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's just... You know, capitalism's always on my brain, Dan. Anyway, how you doing, Matt? I'm very good. Do you know why I'm very good, Dan? Why are you very good? Because we've had a very, very special uh, communication and correspondence through the Miss Podcast email. <gasps> Dan, that's the episode of Podcast, but stop using it. Like, you're so reckless and irresponsible with it. I'm going to have to take it off you, okay? I was using the episode for trumpet. Like we've, I told you, we can only use it once, and you keep on using it. Reckless abandon you. Uh, who's the email from, Matt? Well, you might not know her. Because, yeah, people actually email in, by the way. People oh. who don't email in. Yeah. Oh, you sad little lives. Oh, look at me. I don't email people in. That's That was the impression of them. But this is what cool people sound like. Dan, you may not know this person, because you often do forget this person, okay. as you have done in the past. This is from Chris Rhodes. Now, who is Chris Rhodes, Dan? Chris Rhodes, it turns out, is my mum. Yes. <laughs> well, it's not a documentary guy, but you haven't just figured this out. What happened in the previous episode, um, we got an email from Chris. Uh, hello, Chris. Pleasure to meet you. Uh, uh, that's also a callback. As an inside uh, joke, yeah. Um, in a previous episode, uh, we got an email from Chris with uh, uh, Dan's report card for um, GCS, uh, for A-level... And I was in Istanbul at the time. Yes, and I messaged Dan, oh, do you know who Chris is, Chris Rhodes? And Dan... No, no actually, I- you said, hey buddy, hope your holiday's going well, um, what's your dad's name? And I was like, I was on holiday with my dad at the time, so yeah. I was like, oh, my name is Andrew. 
I said, did he email him to the podcast? And he was like, oh, did he... Yeah, did he email his podcast? I was like, no, my, my dad's name's Andrew. And you're like, oh, no, this is a this is a Chris. I've got a good friend of mine, Chris, so, or my best friend, Chris. So I was like, oh, maybe it's Chris. And then you were like, no, a Chris Rhodes? And I was like, I don't have any relatives called Chris Rhodes. <laughs> and then I remembered that, yeah, that's what my mum's called. And uh, I always uh, forget my mum's name. We, we mentioned this on a uh, uh, previous podcast. Uh, and uh, we have a response to that podcast, Dan. Uh, uh, and the subject line is, hello from Halstead. So the email goes as thus. Dear Matt and co-host, whose name I have temporarily forgotten. Yeah, it's, that's right, she's thrown some shade your way, Dan. I've just listened to your last two podcasts. Uh, I was doing that, my housework at the time, and it made the cleaning more entertaining. Which, you know, that's a review and a half. Stick that on your iTunes. Firstly, I need to clarify something. When I sent you the critical thinking report card, uh, I sent you the picture and I wrote a few lines underneath. I don't understand why you got the picture but not the text. And we actually looked back on the email and... Uh, yeah, your mum did write something, but we didn't read it out because uh, it didn't show up on the phone. Oh, so okay. uh, basically, she called you an idiot. So, okay, uh, okay. Uh, yeah, basically, you weren't going to get that A as you uh, claimed that you did. Okay. Uh, more of a D. My uh, mum called me an idiot. Well, she didn't, but I read through, between the lines. Okay. But your mum um, has one of the funniest emails. I'm going to keep on reading it out. Secondly, having listened to the podcast from Wimbledon, Matt's Caravan, and a service station, not, not just a service station, Peterborough Services, uh, the god of... Yeah, mum. Uh, I would like to invite you to record from Halstead. And Halstead, Matt, for the love of God, stop butchering. This is my hometown. Sorry, I uh, grew up here. Uh, I think I'm my saying family it too. and friends live here. Because it's spelled H-A-L-stead. And so Halstead. 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 There we go. Halstead, yeah. Say it like an Essex Ooh. person and you'll say it right. Oh, Hol- Holstead. You're saying it weird. Halstead. Yeah. There you go. There you I feel go. Like there you go. Kicking the nuts at the same there time. Halstead. There you go. Uh, <laughs> That's I how feel, you say it. I feel so deeply uncomfortable. Well, actually, if you really want to say it, as you see, as a lot of people say, you want to. Don't pronounce the Don't pronounce the L. Halstead. Halstead. There you go. Oh, I feel so manly. <laughs> <laughs> I would like to record. Uh, invite you to record in Halstead. I would be delighted if you could. That way I could finally meet you, Matt, and you will see the difference from, quote, meeting someone, end quote, and email, and actually meeting. It's very different. So, again, your mum... Throwing shade. Uh, yeah, she, um... Yep, and she, uh, your mum goes on. Thirdly, and this is a share, quote, mum thing to comment on, but on your bottom, uh, on the bottom of your podcast description, Antigone22, where you tell misters to give five stars, I think you have a typo. Uh... It says that you're exempt. Uh, basically, there's a big typo in there. Okay. And uh, where's the typo? Uh, basically, uh, it it says um, uh, hang. Uh, it says however when it's supposed to mean hangover as well. Uh. Uh, so Dan, who who does the summaries? Uh, who who does the podcast descriptions? I do. Who should read through them before they put them on the link, Matt? You. <laughs> <laughs> and this this is my favourite part of the whole podcast because a couple of episodes ago we discussed. Dan and I don't really know a lot what we discussed, but uh, we mentioned we mentioned about hymens, didn't we? We did. We and discussed your mom... hymens. We asked what we basically our question was: <laughs> What is a hymen? And your mum replied with, "And lastly, a hymen is a membrane and not a piece of plastic." <laughs> Why did we get this? Why did we ask people the emails? <laughs> For the I... record, mum, we did know it wasn't a. F- I don't know. Obviously, it's not a piece of plastic. I just wondered what it was. How how thick is it? How I don't know. Don't ask. Uh, that's so weird. Uh, more importantly, can you get into a jar? 
Uh, I am thrilled that I get a mention and will continue to listen every week. Love to you both. Chris, Christine, Mum, Mother, Mummy, Mummykins. And she ends with this. Daniel John Rhodes, this is from your mother. Don't forget my name again. Which it... I did feel bad forget my mum's own name. Uh, so I also, I also emailed back. Uh, basically, she invited me to visit. And before she did, she goes, Before you stay here, uh, to, I have to confirm you are not as scared of snakes, chameleons, giant snails and rabbits as they are all in the house. Which is, that is quite the menagerie, isn't Yeah, that? my sister has loads of pets, pets dotted around the house. And so she's asking if I'm scared, because she writes this. If you are frightened of small writing, anything is possible. Ha ha. Chris, you can't mock me for that. Like, small writing is a real phobia. <laughs> I'll have you know. Mum's got a point there, Matt. You were terrified of me uh, writing things down really small. Uh, How are you going to cope around? Yeah, we have, like, a chameleon, a snake. So, I don't mind all that. No, just small writing. It's like the devil's work. Insects and whatnot. Ugh. But, yeah, well, I, I think we should go down to Holstead. Uh, <laughs> you can't see Dan's face, but his teeth literally gritted at that. Like, uh, Holstead. Why are you saying it so weird? Holstead. Halstead. 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 Wait, mate, you going to Halstead tonight? Yeah. Going down to the pub. Good. That's how we all support. I'm actually, I think it'll be a good, because I had a cultural experience, didn't I, in Yorkshire, and I learned a lot about the North, yeah. and I really... I think my views change genuinely for the better. Let's see if your views can. Because what? What do you think of Essex right now? You've uh, never really been, have you? I imagine a lot of fake tan. Yeah. Uh, okay, lot, that is going to happen. Yeah. A lot of people getting boozed. Yeah. Uh, a lot of people being like, "Oh yeah, you know." Actually, this one time, I uh, I did actually stay at my friend Andy's house. Um, uh, I, I, a uh, very dear friend of mine, and uh, we, Andy's one of my true uni friends, and he's one of these people that. Uh, uh, we used to drink quite a lot together. Went to a weekend at his in Billericay. Uh, Billericay, it's w- very Essex. Went to the Forge pub, and wow, that a lot of people got murdered there. Uh, <laughs> a lot of cocaine. <laughs> we got hammered this weekend because uh, Andy's into like sports and stuff like that. And we went to his friend's house to stay, and uh, we drank through the night, and got very drunk. And in the morning, <laughs> at nine o'clock on the dot, the Lions up game was playing England Lions, and Andy at the crack of nine o'clock as the game started. <laughs> beer open and I was like I can't even look at a beer right now <laughs> and we started drinking throughout the game and uh, the game finished about 11 o'clock and we were walking back to Andy's house and we decided to have a uh, a beer on the way we decided to have a beer in a bush shelter <laughs> in Billery <laughs> and uh, that's I, a very nice experience you've had there yeah it was quite and the funniest thing is that we were drinking like cans and we were both kind of hammered like half cut in the middle of the day and the funniest thing is this this uh, mother and her daughter like really young daughter walked past and the mother just gave us such a scorned look just looking at us as we sat in a bush shell and drinking fosters uh, so I've had quite an Essex experience. Yeah, that will. Yeah, that is quite an Essex experience you've had there, Matt. So maybe we can recreate that experience. What, yeah, what, and then what? I can ask you questions on. Well, the last time we saw your old yes. school and stuff. This time I'll take you to my old school. We'll see. Yeah, we'll we'll do see. a Dan pub quiz. Dan pub quiz. Also, thank you for getting in touch. If because uh, a few people did actually get in touch about uh, the Matt Hoss pub quiz. Um, some people did better than I expected. Uh, shout out to Haley and Rob, who are... Uh, because uh, I mentioned drinking Friary Gardens, drinking WKD. Haley the next Was day, there that day? Uh, yeah, Haley was there, and she was like, and she was like LOL, uh, uh, blue, blue WKD. I'm paraphrasing, but she, yeah. she thought it was amusing. And my brother didn't score that well, but um, we'll talk about that in the next uh, podcast as well. Anyway, we've got a brand new, uh, very exciting couple of myths coming up for you in the next couple of weeks. So... Let's start, shall we, Dan? Yes, let's, let's, let's crack begin. On. Let's begin. 
Welcome, one and all, to uh, something we've been looking forward to for a while. This is the start of the Trojan War. Sorry to be dramatic. It, it was very dramatic. However, in, you know, with the Golden Fleece, um, we start. You start off doing the Golden Fleece. You realise you have to do it about fifteen more times in the space of an hour. Um, we got a lot of early okay, episodes. <laughs> Smash through this. So the way, how is this going to work then? We're going to read it, I guess. Well, I meant the whole series. So um, the way we're going to do oh. the. Oh, <laughs> uh, let me. Let me. Okay. I thought you were saying how does the book I was like we read out myths what are you on about what do you mean how does this work the way it's going to work is um, every single uh, for the next couple of episodes we're going to be focusing on the Trojan War all different aspects of it what happened uh, before during and after and the outbreak and everything in between really uh, all the stories that happened in the Trojan War um, give or take uh, and uh, so we'll kind of be flitting across the uh, the timelines but everything's kind of connected so uh, today we're going to be starting off with uh, the outbreak of the war and how it all started as well, uh, and then in the next episode, uh, so the next subsequent episodes we'll have different stories, but they all seem to be tied to the Trojan War. That sound good, Dan? That sounds good. So it's all part of a series, but individual episodes. Yeah. And again, we'll be ranking the individual myths because they are individual myths, but we are, uh, yeah, it's part of a series. If you know what I mean. Excited, Dan? I'm excited. All right, this uh, our first one uh, is about the outbreak of the Trojan War, and it's called the Judgment of Paris. Today, beauty contests often lead to arguments among competitors and spectators. In Greek mythology, there was one beauty contest that would lead to war, death, and destruction, and that beauty contest was the Judgment of Paris, one of the starting points of the ultimate destruction of Troy. So this is where it's all going to start. Yeah. So this is the start of the downfall of Troy. It's like when Franz Ferdinand got murdered and it kicked off the World War One history. Yeah. <laughs> the Judgment of Paris was ultimately a beauty contest between the goddesses, but the cause of the beauty contest was due to events at a wedding. The wedding in question was that of Peleus and Thetis. Peleus was a noted hero of Greek mythology, and Thetis was a Nereid nymph. Zeus, having married off the nymph to circumvent a dangerous prophecy, he feared he was going to be replaced by, like, Kronos. Oh, OK. They love a prophecy. So the, what, let me just tighten up what happened there. So Zeus set up this marriage between Thetis and Peleus because uh, basically it was like a loophole for him. So like he thought he was gonna, there was a prophecy he was going to get replaced like like he did to Kronos. So he he the only reason he created this marriage was to stop that from happening. Yeah. And it's quite at least you know for Zeus it's actually quite a tame yeah. way of sorting stuff out. The wedding of Peleus and Thetis was a joyous event, and all of the gods and goddesses of the Greek pantheon were invited to the celebration. That was all the deities were invited. Bar Eris, the goddess of discord and strife, don't want her coming to a wedding. Yeah, I think she would kind of mess. It. Like yeah. if your if your name is the goddess of the strife. Maybe leave her off the yeah. wedding list. But then again, it is a little bit unfair to be like, uh, hey, you know, who got on the get- If you find that you're the only person out of your whole friendship group that's not invited, that's a bit of a dick move, is. isn't it? When Ares discovered the festivities were going on, the goddess decided to make an appearance anyway, and the goddess even brought a wedding gift, a golden apple. Mm. This, this, though, was not a happy gift, for it was aimed to bring forth arguments, for upon, for upon it was written the words... Read out, Dan. 
<laughs> it's in Greek fucking alphabet. Yeah. Which means, for the fairest. When Ares appeared at the celebrations, the goddess threw the apple amongst the assembled gods and goddesses. Okay, let's 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 dig into that. Firstly, what was that word again, Dan? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I found that so funny. It's like you're grinding meat. <laughs> Literally, when I saw it, I was like, "That's in Greek." Yeah. I have no idea how you say that. <laughs> I know what it means, though. It means uh, for the fairest. Oh, how do you figure that out? Well, I know Greek, don't I? <laughs> Is that how it's pronounced? <laughs> um, so, uh, Eris is pissed off. She's like, you know what? Fuck these bitches. They, uh, she's like uh, the Alanis Morissette of the gods. She's like, I don't need these gods in my life. So she creates this, uh, uh, this contest for, for the golden apple, throws it like a bouquet at a wedding. What happens is um, goddesses kind of get uh, a bit angry about that mm. as well. So Eris is there to kind of create discord and strife. That's yeah. her job anyway. Uh, quite ironic because they brought it upon themselves. Yeah. So the goddesses compete for the golden apple. Three of the assembled goddesses immediately claimed the golden apple for themselves, each believing that they were the most beautiful of all the goddesses. Which also isn't the reason it says for the fairest, not for the most beautiful. So they're like, I'm the fairest, I'm the fairest, yeah. yeah. But they mean they mean fairest isn't like most beautiful as opposed to literal fairest, if you know what I mean. Yeah. I just asked the mirror on the wall. <laughs> what does it say? Mirror, mirror of the wall, who's the fairest of them all? And they're like, you, my queen. Doesn't it have to rhyme? Doesn't it like... I don't know, doesn't the mirror just say you? Well, whenever I speak to my mirror, it's like, Oh, God! Oh! Oh! Is that a beating up Nick Frost? <laughs> the three goddesses were Aphrodite, the Greek goddess of love and beauty, Athena, the Greek goddess of wisdom, and Hera, the Greek goddess of marriage, and also the wife of Zeus, which is quite ironic, really. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's like being the goddess of divorce and uh, drinking wine at three o'clock in the morning. None of these Greek goddesses were going to give up their claim for the apple, for to back down would mean that they would be seen as inferior in terms of their beauty and to their rivals. Thus, the goddesses decided to go to Zeus for him to make the final decision. So, you'd hope he'd pick his wife. Yes, however, he doesn't... He's a bit of a... You know what? I, he His action here is a bit odd. Uh, it's, I'm going to say uncharacteristic like Zeus, because here's what he does. Zeus might be the supreme god of the Greek pantheon, but this was one decision he was not going to make, for he realised that making a decision would pit goddess against goddess, and would mean two powerful goddesses were angry with him, because he's only used to having one goddess angry at him. Therefore, Zeus proclaimed that the decision would be left in the hands of Paris. But before we get to that... um, yeah, so Zeus here is like, whoa! I don't want to be, I don't want to be involved with this. I'm gonna give that to some poor schlum on the earth. Uh, but also, why would they want a golden apple anyway? Because it's you... for the fairest. Yeah, but like, what are we gonna do with it? It's the same as having like, you have a rock, and people are like, that's just a rock. But the minute you tell people, oh no, this rock is like a special rock that came out of Elvis's ass, people will be like, <laughs> people will be like. I'll give you ten thousand pounds for it. Do you know what I mean? It's just a label, isn't it? People do anything for for a label. <laughs> where's that? Where's that rock come from? Oh, this is bum. <laughs> uh, I just imagine not like a rock, but a sticker rock coming out of his bum. Yeah. Uh, just on the inside, it says Elvis's bum hole. Uh, yeah, he was all shook up. So Dan, who was Paris? I said he was all shook up. Uh huh. I'm all shook up. Continue. <laughs> I know that was quite. That was almost too witty for you. It's okay. I'll dumb, I did, I'll dumb did, down yeah, my no. jokes next time. Paris w- 
was not a member of the Greek pantheon, for Paris was a mortal prince of Troy, a son of King Priam. Priam. Paris would look after the herds of his fathers upon the Mount Ida. Very nice. So, um, let's just take a snapshot here. King Priam. Uh, he I'm going to say Priam, because in Troy they, it's uh, played by Peter O'Toole, and he, they definitely say Priam. It's, well, that's what I just oh, said. Priam, sorry. Definitely call him King Priam. That's Priam. That's literally how it's spelled. Priam. No, Priam. Priam. Could also be spelled Priam. It says Primark and Primark, isn't it? Uh, they, they're literally the same debate. Primark. Primark. Priam. 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 Fine, we'll call him Priam. Well, whatever you want, Dan, but I'm definitely right. No, uh, I guess it's either way, but uh, so... So he's the king of Troy, and he has many sons and daughters who, will, who each have the different stories, and they're all very. The royal family of Troy is very important as well, and we'll come to them in due process. But do remember King Priam and his family. They also called the city of Troy Ilios as well. Uh, that's why uh, the epic novel is called the Iliad. It's about the war. Oh. In... Fun fact, right? Fun fact. Matt's corner. Paris had gained a reputation for making fair decisions unswayed by outside influences. Paris, indeed, had previously judged a contest about the quality of different balls, a contest where a ball of Ares competed against one of King Priam's. Sorry, just how fucking bored must I be? Is that, you know what we're going to do? We're going to have a competition comparing balls against each other, and Priam, you're going to be the judge of that. And it's nice that his sole reputation is... He just good. didn't pick his dad, so he just picked a different ball. Yeah, well. he's good at judging stuff. Paris did not realise who the owner of the first ball was, but saw that it was the superior beast, and so awarded the prize in preference to that of his father. So he picks... Uh, so this is seen as like kind of a, um, a very uh, pious thing to do, because he chose the, the god's ball as opposed to uh, his father's ball. So he's, he's saying that the gods are better than familiar stuff. So his devotion to the gods is better to than to his family. Yeah. It's not... But, so he, he's not biased. Uh, yeah. But then again... It's also quite unfair, like, if a god submits his application, like, he, he submits a ball to the to the human cattle competition. He's like, he just, he just wants to win. Yeah. And also, I think the god of war, Ares, has a lot more things to do with his time than have bulls. Like, <laughs> yeah. And he's literally going to have a ten-year war in his hands, and he's just playing around with bulls for the time being. God, get a better hobby, mate. Anyway, judging begins. So... Hermes called upon Paris and uh, brought the goddesses and Paris together so the Trojan prince could make the final decision as to which was the fairest of them all. None of the three assembled goddesses were willing to let their beauty alone be the sole deciding factor in Paris's decision. And so, each of the goddesses decided to influence the decision by offering bribes to Paris. So, after getting this guy who is totally unbiased, totally unsoyable, and they bribe him instantly, <laughs> but openly as well. So, um, uh, they're going to promise Paris different things. So, what do you think they might promise Paris? Um, untold wealth. Are you reading ahead? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. A position in charge of the realm, uh, no, no, ancient th- world. You're ruining it. No, no. And, uh, and, and probably, I don't know if that was in a, in a, in a pint. Okay. Well, if, you, if you were going to decide the fairest, what thing would you like to be given by a goddess? Um, what, what three... Okay, right. How about this? Let, let, three goddesses, right? Uh, claim to be the fairest. So, um, one of them is offering you a lifetime supply of Weetabix. Yeah. Uh, another one of them... That one. <laughs> is that it? You know, <laughs> the other one is eternal life <laughs> and uh, uh, instant wealth. 
It's so difficult, isn't it? Because if I had wealth, I could buy a Weetabix. We can't buy Weetabix. Oh, no. And uh, in, in your mortal life... Um, you know what I would do? Uh, wait, your immortal life is sustained only by bananas. Well, that's not happening. I'd rather <laughs> die. <laughs> I guess I would go for wealth, actually, because you could do a lot more with it. And there are, there are other cereals available for me. I do like other cereals. So, heard it here first. I am gobsmacked. This is unprecedented. What other cereals have you been seeing behind Weetabix's back? I like Shreddies. I like Frosties. I like Cocoa Pops. I like Nesquik Balls. Nesquik Balls? Yeah. Nesquik balls? Is that a real thing? Nesquik, yeah. Oh, I, I thought it was literally on Nesquik balls. I was like, that is not a opposing name. <laughs> I imagine that that bunny rabbit's testicle. <laughs> so, so uh, wow. Uh, uh, what would you offer me? What, what, what kind of things? What would Matt want? Be a famous comedian? Well, you know, that's going to happen anyway, so I don't need goddess to help me with that. I would you be a famous comedian. Got six star rating, mate. Yeah, I would be a famous comedian. One would be the ability to teleport so you didn't have to drive to all your gigs. Oh my god, that's so good. I literally... Because I know that's a bane of your oh life. God, I would, the I, ability to just go anywhere I you would, wanted. I, I would literally kill someone for that. <laughs> uh, that would make your life a bit easier. And the third would be... Save all the animals in the world. Oh! <laughs> See, that's actually a really good one. Because like, I'm actually really torn between teleportation and the animals. Because the teleportation would make my life 100% far superior and but do I say people probably have to say the animals but I'd be begrudging of them for the rest of my life I'm like I could have been in Nottingham for an hour but now I'm in traffic <laughs> I'm actually stuck on an Aegean boat for two weeks um, it's very noble of you Matt you know well but so what we've established is is given the option you would save all the animals on the planet and I would take wealth <laughs> I think that kind of shows yeah thanks boring. yeah <laughs> What would you spend your wealth on? Saving animals, I guess. <laughs> no, you wouldn't. You I don't. like animals. Yeah, uh, before we started recording this, yeah, but Dan said word for word, <laughs> "Oh, I can't eat a vegan meal. I have to. Ha- something has to die in the order of me to eat, enjoy a meal. So even if I ate a vegan thing, I would have to kill something in the process." That's what you said, Dan. I did say that off camera. Off, off, oh my god! Whatever it's called, what's this device called? No, actually, my mum can email in and testify. I actually am. Now, I am a big animal lover. I used to want to be a zoologist for a long, long time. Did you want to eat zebras? I still like me, me but I wouldn't eat... I, I do like me, but I love animals in general. I like learning about them. I like learning about their habitats. I like learning like, about their qualities and anatomy. Yeah. yeah, but they taste good, so... <laughs> got to eat a few to save a few. Wait, how does that work? It's like, we've got to... Gotta, uh, imagine, like, war times. Like, oh, we've got to save the Polish. Let's eat them. Well, I guess in some ways that saying does make sense. Got to eat a few to save a few. In the sense that if we didn't eat cows, we wouldn't have cows. That is lit. No, that's not how that works. It's true. No. If the whole world stop eating cows, we're not just going to keep herds of cows as pets, are we? Well, I th- they can serve other uses. They don't have to. We don't have to. They don't. They don't have to be subject to slavery, Dan. You know. What well, What would we use cows for if we, we didn't need, use them? My point is, you don't need to use cows. Just let them live. Just, even if they're extinct, who gives a shit? You know, like <laughs> I'd rather them like die happy than. Uh, like be a youth okay. so you'd rather that cows not exist at all they all die out if yeah you, you know what just to okay. spite you and your stupid okay. question okay. No. you just just feed them what I, basically my, my, my phrase is correct then <laughs> gotta eat a few to save a few I th- this is not a, gotta this is not eat a, a baby to save a baby 
Oh, right, you know, if you ever have children or a wife or a husband, it's 21st century, I'll eat them in front of you. Well, <laughs> well I, have to, I had to eat them the same before they got killed. Like, that's your argument. Uh, oh, I'm really tired. <laughs> I, but anyway, Paris has been yes. brought. <laughs> Paris has been brought to the thing. He's been brought up to the gods. I don't know how he got that invite, by the way. Oh, you know what? Remember Bellerophon, who uh, he uh, he was cast away from Mount Olympus because uh, he wasn't a god. Yep. How, Paris got like he got the fast track. Yeah, I just got the chauffeur. So Hermes brought him up. So uh, the goddesses promised him three things. Hera would promise Paris untold wealth and a position in charge of all the realms in the ancient world. Although in other sources, they do just say Asia, not just the whole realms, which is slightly more underwhelming. No. Athena would offer Paris all-known skill and knowledge, allowing to him to become the greatest warrior and most knowledgeable mortal. That's very good. Aphrodite, though, she offered Paris the hand in marriage of the most beautiful of all mortal women. So out of those three, which one would you choose? So, uh, power, power, power and ruling, uh, knowledge and kind of like skill, or uh, love of your life, the hottest lady ever. I actually think I'd go for the love of my life. I think that'd make your oh. life just a little bit better, wouldn't it? Just knowing you've well, got a partner in crime. But it's actually, it's not actually love of your life. The way it's phrased, it's actually the be- most beautiful of all mortal women. So she could hate your guts. Yeah, she could hate my guts, in which case I'd do skill and knowledge. If I didn't know that we were going to be soulmates, then the skill and knowledge. Yeah, I think if it's soulmates, there's a different thing, if you know what I mean. However, this is an important distinction here, because it's not Paris's soulmate, this is a, uh, this is someone, yeah, it, we'll get back to this, but make sure that distinction, it's not someone to be a soulmate, it's the most beautiful woman alive, and it's an important distinction. Paris made the decision, and the judgement of Paris was that Aphrodite was the fairest and rightful owner of the apple. No doubt Paris was swayed by the bribe that the goddess of love offered the prince. That bias is just yeah. out the window. Of course, the decision made by Paris was not well received by Hera or Athena. Both would hold a lifelong grudge towards Paris. The animosity of Athena and Hera would later be displayed in the Trojan War, when both goddesses sided with the Achaean, Achaean forces, although Aphrodite would assist the Trojans. So, there's some... Uh... We all knew Aphrodite was the fairest, because she's famously the like, most attractive thing ever. Well, yes. Well, let's... So I think fairest here, I think they do mean most beautiful, uh, which is what is being judged on. However, the thing was instantly... So spiteful. They got into it, they knew it was a beauty competition, and they had, like, they had 60% chance of losing that. Well, probably more, because Aphrodite was in the running. So these two hate him just just for telling the truth, if yeah. you know what I mean. Well, but I guess their point is that maybe it wasn't the truth, maybe it's just because he gave him the best prize. Yeah. Uh, so... Uh, I hate how they just get instantly like, well, we're just going to kill all your, your forces then. Uh, just an FYI, Achaean forces are the Greeks. Mm-hmm. So Aphrodite is uh, on the side of, um, of the Trojans because he's also the mother of one of the Trojans who uh, is a, a little, little, little boy called Aeneas. Little, uh, so Venus is on their side okay. uh, for a lot of different reasons. And this is, uh, you know, a while ago we mentioned... Uh, Juno slash Hera hates the Trojans. Hates one of the reasons was this because of Paris. Uh, the other another reason is because uh, Ganymede was the Trojan prince. Is actually Paris's brother. He uh, he he became uh, Zeus's butt boy. Uh, he's one yep. of Zeus's lovers. If you remember that episode, uh, 
So Hera hates the Trojans for that reason as well. So she's very jealous and she hates them. Yeah. <laughs> to remember that. Tell her about Tell her So that's um, just clarifying all that. Does that all make sense? Yeah. But again, it's not really fair, is it? No. Aphrodite would ensure that her promise of the hand in marriage of the most beautiful mortal woman was kept, and the goddess arranged for Paris to abduct Helen, the beautiful daughter of Zeus and Leda. Helen, of course, Clytemnestra's sister. Yes. They came out of these when Zeus was a swan. Yes, that's exact, That's absolutely correct. Because uh, uh, Zeus turned to a swan, quack, quack, foot later. Two, laid two eggs. They came out of an egg. Clytemnestra and Helen. Clytemnestra obviously doesn't get a shout. Well, uh, she is less attractive. Yeah. <laughs> Helen was already married to the Spartan king, Menelaus, and the abduction would lead to a thousand ships being launched to retrieve her. So, this is what I mentioned earlier. So, Helen was already married to Menelaus, uh, but the promise was that Aphrodite would help steal Helen away, which, this is not really okay, is it? Because that no. wasn't really... Uh, yeah, so basically, they, they kind of steal Helen against her wishes... Um, yeah, uh, but maybe um, you know, like a realistic flaw. Maybe Helen, maybe she didn't actually like Menelaus. She actually did want to run off of Paris in real terms. But let's just say, this, say for the sake of this uh, story, I think she's abduct- abducted against her will. I yes, think. Paris was eagerly awaiting his award for crowning Aphrodite the fairest of them all. Just a little bit of background on Helen. Here's a little bit about her past. Helen, in her radiance, had many suitors, and her father could not decide which one was best. Plus, those who were not chosen might retaliate against him. Eventually, one quick-witted man came to his rescue, the famous Odysseus. Here he comes. Hello. In exchange for support for his own marriage, he offered the following advice. Require all of Helen's suitors to promise to defend her marriage, regardless who the father chose. The suitors eventually, and with a certain amount of grumbling, swore the required oath. Finally, a man was decided for Helen. Menelaus. The decision was political, as Menelaus had wealth and power and was Agamemnon's brother. Unfortunately for all, Menelaus had made a, few, uh, had made a huge mistake. He had promised Aphrodite a grand sacrifice of a hundred oxen if he won Helen, a promise promptly forgotten after he received his prize. Thus, he incurred Aphrodite's wrath. So, there's a lot to go on here. Firstly, we see a first glimpse of Odysseus being a cunning and wily gentleman. Respect to Odysseus, my pal. Odysseus... Uh, makes uh, basically uh, gets like a he kind of gets a prenup of all the uh, suitors. Yeah. Uh, so they um, they all will be uh, kind to her regardless. If you know what I mean. So Menelaus uh, is chosen to be the right one. However, the reason why Aphrodite doesn't like Menelaus, uh, and I think the reason why she picked Helen as the most beautiful lady, because uh, uh, he forgot to he was sacrilegious in her response. Right? He forgot to thank her for the beautiful lady. So he, I think she has a personal grudge. Also, um, Menelaus and Agamemnon, two brothers, both double date sisters. So Menelaus is in a relationship with uh, with Helen, and Agamemnon is married to Clytemnestra. So you know they're they're kind of like little little family. Little family. Paris, however, did not forget Aphrodite, nor their agreement. He set sail for Greece under the pretense of a diplomatic mission in order to claim Helen. Before entering the palace, the goddess of beauty held up her end and ordered Eros to shoot Helen with his arrow. The moment she set gaze on Paris, Helen was in love. So Cupid shoots his bow and makes Helen fall in love with Paris. Again, this is uh, another instance of Venus, Aphrodite, using... um, 
Cupid here for her own like missions statements. Paris didn't think this kidnapping was really such a big deal. <laughs> there were plenty of men before him who had stolen women from foreign lands without reprosecution. Jason, for instance, took Medea from Colchis, and Hercules captured the Trojan prince Herusion without any issues. I think he's not forgetting that these yeah. are Jason and Hercules. Two men who have very problematic uh, relationships yeah. with women. Yeah. For example, Jason, what did you do uh, with Medea? Oh, yeah. she. Uh, you left her <laughs> yeah, when she got old. Yeah, and she cut up all your sons and daughters. Yeah, no repercussions, mate. This is also the same Jason that married a queen and then left and told her she'd be, he'd be back. And never came back. Yes, totally. And Hercules, obviously, famously... Murdered his wife, so... Yeah, I was going to say, Hercules murdered his wife and children, but so let's not... I can't... I don't... I don't think Paris is a bad guy, but I think he's naive, if you know what I mean. He's like, oh, I, this is not going to go So back. saying, kidnap isn't that bad. Yeah. Joseph Fritzl did it. Oh, we're not going down the travel hole again. We had to edit out quite a lot from there. Yeah. <laughs> this time, however, was going to be very different. According to Homer... It didn't go straight to war. Menelaus, obviously he was a bit peeved, but he decided to uh, first journey to Troy to seek a very peaceful, to seek a more peaceful solution. However, when that didn't work, Menelaus asked Agamemnon, his brother, to uphold the oath that the Achaean kings and princes had sworn to defend Helen's marriage. Remember that? So yeah. that is to um, Odysseus's like, Oh, so they all want to protect Helen, uh, yeah. regardless of what happens to her. They, they have regardless like a, of who she's married to. Yeah. yeah, so they all look after it. It's like a, a timeshare, but not as creepy as I make it sound. Uh, yeah. So the emissaries were sent to them all, to every single Achaean prince and king, uh, in order to retrieve Helen. Not all of them came willingly. Odysseus, for example madness in order to avoid the war. He tried to sow uh, his fields with salt as proof, but Agamemnon's man tricked him into revealing his sanity. <laughs> like, oh, that, there's a lot of sadness in that line, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, just imagine that what a shit job he is trying to pretend he's crazy. He's trying to be wacky, like he's wearing like a weird tie yeah. or something like that. It's just like he wears like knee-high socks or something like that. How would you try and feign madness, Dan? I would feign madness by constantly telling people I'm not mad. I think that's the easiest way to convince people you are. If you went around every day being like, I'm not mad. <laughs> no, 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 not me. Woo! I don't have voices in my head. <laughs> people would be like, I think this guy might be crazy. Your eyes instantly look very psychopathic. Yeah, that's how I'd do it. Uh, what, what this uh, Agamemnon's man did, he placed Odysseus' infant son, Telemachus, in front of the plough plough's path that the father could not fake his illusion anymore so he swerved the plough out the way of his child uh, to save his child so it was either so what did you <laughs> just put this like, the kid in front of them like he probably won't murder his own child will he but that's not the nicest way possible mm. but so uh, and another person also just because you're you're mad doesn't mean you wouldn't murder a baby yeah I mean I know many mental people but yeah, even if, yeah, you're right. So Odysseus was say, uh, was signed up uh, to the war, and remember that ch- that, that child's name, Telemachus. It'll be important in the future. But another Greek hero, you might re- um, remember his name, Achilles. Too did not re- readily join forces. But who was Achilles? Here's a little bit of background. Thetis, the person who was married uh, earlier, wanted her son Achilles to be immortal and invisible. 
and depending on the version, use different techniques to make the sale. One source claims that she lifted the child by the heel and immersed him into the river Styx, which ran into the underworld. When she dunked the baby into the water, this made Achilles invulnerable, everywhere except where the mother had held him, his infamous heel. So, he has a weak spot, his heel, the Achilles heel. So, the present day. Achilles' mum disguised Achilles as a woman, so that he would not have to go to battle. So when Odysseus, Telamonia, Ajax, and Achilles' tutor, Phoenix, came to fetch him on the island of Skyros, they could not immediately recognise him. So I just imagine him just like wearing drag makeup. And his friend's like, has anyone seen Achilles? No! No! I'm a Chlamydia! Just this buff dude, like, no, I don't know any Achilles. Also, it's funny how he didn't want to join... Now, does he not want to join forces because he's like, I don't agree with this? Because surely it can't be because he knows... Does he, or does he not know he's immortal? He must know. Isn't he like... Oh, really? no, he's, he's, uh, Achilles he, is like a warrior, yeah. right? He knows... And he loves killing people. He, yeah. he, he loves he's like one, he's, a, he's pretty good at it too, right? Yeah, he's like he's like a tank. Yeah. And, uh, uh, well, actually, we'll talk more about that afterwards. So he knows he can't be beaten. And he that says something about... So is that... What I'm saying is that morals or can he just not be bothered? Um, I'm assuming it would be more morals. I think he doesn't care about it. Yeah, it's not his battle to fight. I think he can. He he doesn't mind going to fight, but I don't. He knows it's going to be a long one, and he doesn't. He wants to just spend time chilling out with his bros, you know, massaging, you know, playing cod. So he just can't be bothered. So he dresses up as a woman. Uh, Fortunately, they had a plan. The men pretended to be merchants bearing trinkets and weapons. They were then able to spot Achilles out the second he chose to look at the swords and spears rather than bracelets and beads. Hmm. Hmm. Bit, bit sexist, isn't it? Yeah. Well, yeah, Atlanta could have been. Yeah. Uh, Achilles. Who? Ah, <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah, Michelle. Yes. Got some uh, things for you here. Got some beads and bracelets. Oh, very nice. Or a sword. Oh, yeah, I mean... Yes! Uh, <laughs> Take it to the limit! No, I, I mean... Oh, I like... Br- ah, fuck it. <laughs> All right, guys, you got me, yeah. How embarrassed would everyone be about that as well? Yeah. Maybe maybe that's his... Maybe Michelle, as you called him, was his true persona, you yeah. know? Anyway, the Achaean army was almost ready. All the suitors sent their forces to the city of... Uh, uh, and one by one commanders with the ships and men arrived the last one to show up was Achilles who at the time was only 15 years old right this whole time he's only 15 years old (laughs) which probably explains it he's already like a warrior yeah but he's he's a proper lad Um, but then again I don't think he's actually I would argue he's a little bit older I'm going to say 25 Um, an omen then occurred a snake slivered from a sacrificial altar to a sparrow's nest nearby it ate the mother and her nine babies, and was converted into stone. Troy, apparently, would fall in the tenth year of war. So it's an omen saying that with the amount of babies he eats, it's gonna, uh, Troy will eventually fall in this time. And just like that, with twisted roots embedding, and the bud of the story was ready to break through the soil and bloom. Ultimately, Paris did not display the common sense that caused him to be made judge of the beauty contest in the first place, Although, whether a fair decision to avoid a bride would have avoided him future events is debatable. It was, after all, said that the Trojan War was an event planned by Zeus to bring an end to the heroic age, and a prophecy that had been made uh, at the birth of Paris, that the newborn would bring about the destruction of Troy. 
So events had been preordained long before the judgment of Paris. So was it Paris's fault? Or was it all destiny all along? Boom. Oh, you're in the left. Dan, did you enjoy that uh, that myth? I did enjoy that podcast myth, yeah. <laughs> Fuck off. Uh, so did you know about the, the outbreak of the Trojan War before? I actually did, yeah. yeah. All because I've seen the film Troy. Which is <laughs> 100% of my knowledge on this. So you're going to be an academic yeah. on this one, yeah. Uh, so, Have you w- seen the film, Matt? Yeah, not for a long time. It's a good though. film. In fact, the only time I've seen it was like a, a DVD copy, which I got when I was like in 2003 or whatever. It's a good, it's a good movie. Brad Pitt. Sean Sean Bean plays uh, Odysseus. He does. Yeah, that's it. All I know. Hector is quite good, isn't it? Um, Eric Banner plays Hector. Orlando Bloom plays Paris. At the very end of Diane Kruger plays Helen. You knew I was going to do a sentence. <laughs> At the very Brian Cox plays oh. Evan and Any more characters cast? You want to get IMDb up, mate? So. Uh, at the very end of Troy, um, they they make a reference to the Aeneid because uh, when people are leaving, uh, one one of the boys, uh, one of the elders goes to this little boy, and go, well, not a little boy, goes to this young man and goes, you're going to have to lead these people out here, Troy, you know, start a new land. And that boy is Aeneas. My homeboy, yeah, Aeneas! <laughs> Can't wait for the Aeneid. So, uh, within that, there's a lot within that myth as well there's a lot of human error a lot of god error and as I say destiny as well and a lot of misunderstanding as well uh, so do you think it was right of Paris to take the girl? absolutely not mm. uh, he kidnapped it, her ultimately yeah and a thousand ships were sent along that way and, but, and we mentioned this before the second book of the Iliad uh, it's so uh, the Iliad is separated into four books or four chapters and the second book, I think the bit which we talked about Achilles dressing up, that's in book one. And the second book is that it's called the Catalogue of Ships and it lists every single ship that goes to. <laughs> it's the most boring <laughs> read I've ever heard. So then Peleus from the Greek island of Sikos. It's like, oh my God. Like, it goes on for ages as well. And we'll read it out to you yeah. sometime. So, uh, Dan, uh, shall we rank this mother? Yeah. Tell us how it's done. Life skills, morals, creativity, and WTF. Life skills, things that we have learned practically. Morals, things that we have learned morally. How does it affect us? Does it teach us anything about ourselves ethically? Creativity. How good a narrative is it? How good are the characters? Are there cool creatures inside? Writing. How much thought has actually okay, gone into this? Enough. And WTF. How messed up is that's this? Enough. What actually that's happened? Enough. That's pretty... Oh, is there anything that's like, oh, that's a bit weird? Or is it just pretty plain Jane? Each thing is scored out of 10 to make a possible 40 points. Over to you, Matt. <laughs> if you say another casting from Troy, I'll hit you in the face. Uh, so, life skills. Uh, what will we learn? Learn how to steal someone. Learn how to steal someone. Learn how, learn how to jump a beauty pon- contest. Learn how to judge a cow contest. Yep. We'll learn how to... How would you judge cows? Well, there's obviously, like, farm shows and stuff. They yeah, but do. come on, they're all pretty samey. It's all done on, like... You want to eat them all? I think it's all done on, like, everything. Is it the proportions? Like, is it too big, too small? Does it have the right stature? Is it 
Yeah. You've got good meat, fat content, that sort of stuff. Because you want to eat it, because you want to save its life. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, what else? We learned how to prick someone with an arrow again. Um, we just learned that twice in a row. Um, we learned that uh, we learned how to get a prenup. You know that kind of marriage contract with uh, with everyone protecting Helen. Yeah. We learned. Hmm. We learned how to start a war. We learned uh, how to piss off gods. Yeah. We learned. Uh, we learned how to uh, avoid getting gods pissed off by passing the book onto someone else. Good old Zeus. Yeah. Uh, he he is such a crafty crafty man. Uh, we we learned how to get vengeance. For we learned how to get vengeance. Yeah. Uh, we learned how to convince. We learned how to dress up as a lady. We learned how to feign madness. We learned how to not murder a child. <laughs> we yeah. Learned, we learned uh, uh, how to buy weapons and bra- uh, bracelets. Yeah, and, uh, and we also we know we learned how to mess up a wedding. Learn uh, how to mess up a wedding. That's true. Uh, uh, Eris was like, "F you, bitches." Um, I think that's a decent amount, but not overwhelming. I'm going to say... Well, actually, should we say it at the same time? One, two, three, uh, five. I'm going to say six. I think six. Okay. You agree? Yeah, go on then. Morals. Don't kidnap people. Don't kidnap people. Especially if they're married. Everyone is fair. Don't do not do a beauty. Don't get petty if you lose a contest. Yes. Uh, don't pass on your responsibilities as a god. Just own up and do it. Yeah. Um... Also, uh, try and seek peaceful solutions as well, because Menelaus actually was a really good guy by trying to go, like, hey, can, can I have a back? You know what I mean? Um, we learned how to support your bros by going to war with them. Yep. We also learned, On an oath. Yes. We learned how to uh, avoid war, because, you know, conscientious objectives yep. and whatnot. And we also learned it. Um, yeah, I think that's about it. Big ones. They are big ones, but... Oh, we learned not to kill children. And learn not to kill children. Not loads. Five. I think six again because it's major ones. Because five is the average, right? Yeah. It's, there's, there's major ones, but not lots. If you know what I mean. What are mate? What do you class as major ones? Don't screw over the gods. Uh, be pious because uh, it's all about making sure you don't get vengeance on the gods as well. Yeah. But, uh, uh, we also learned that it's also. It's not human error, it's um, God error as well. It's about destiny. Um, and the other stuff I said as well. I think there are large morals like captivity and stuff like that. And what do you reckon? Fine, six. Okay, um, creativity. Creativity. Uh, I wouldn't say it's crazy creative. Um, I think it's interesting. Okay, Achilles getting becoming immortal. Helena become. But, but, are we including things like that? Achilles' story? Are we including the backstory of, yeah. of Helen becoming from well, the swan? Well, I think not so less on the backstory, but like just who these people are and how more how they fit into the outbreak of the war, if you know what I mean. And They're very well-developed characters, which yes, is nice. Yes, yeah. Um, I think that uh, the fact that they all come together, it starts off with the gods in strife and how that affects the mortal world, you know what I mean? Yeah. Because... Uh, Strife of the gods becomes strife of the humans, and it lasts ten years. This war, uh, so I think it's really important for that to be acknowledged. If you know what I mean. I don't know. I I think that uh, there's no monsters in there, just gods, and but gods messing up quite badly. Yeah. Uh, I th- I think it's quite creative, but I'm not overwhelmed by it. Again, I might five or six. I think. I actually would give this a a, a five. I really do. I think it's fair. Well, okay, WTF. 
the fact that Paris kidnaps thingy is quite WTF, and the fact that they force people to go to war when they don't want yeah, to. Yeah, that's true. Like a rack. Other than um, that, there's nothing really crazy, I don't think. Yeah, I think this is low. Maybe two or three? Maybe three? I agree. So, six uh, plus six plus five plus three, which is 21? No, that's not correct. 20. Is it not? So, 20, yeah. Ooh, that's a low one. I thought it was going to be higher. I did too. It's good myth, I think, because I think it's setting it up for everything. Setting us up. Uh, we're ready for a Trojan War. Dan, are you, are you excited? I am, yeah. Bring it on. Dan, do you remember, um, it, this is episode 30, and uh, we actually made some predictions. Oh, shit, episode. I forgot we did, actually. Yeah. yeah okay. <laughs> Before, I forgot we did, yeah. Uh, let's, do you remember what the predictions were? Can't even tell you what the predictions were. Have a guess. Well, we made three predictions, and I'll tell you now, we made one of them. Two of them, one I'm glad we didn't make, one... Uh, I'm ashamed we didn't actually quite make it, but uh, you know what? What? Which ones do you reckon we did? I don't know. What the, I can't remember what the predictions were. You got to tell me what the predictions were. So, uh, prophecy number one. This is episode eighteen, um, and episode eighteen uh, we talked about Tiresias the prophet, and we made our own prophecies. And we always said you know, we can always trust the words of a prophet, but can we? Because I actually can't. Remember. I never forgot we even did this. Yeah. Prophecy number one. That's why, because I remember these things because I'm they're clever yeah. and all that. Prophecy number one. Dan uses the N-word. And that's the one we hit. <laughs> and we had to edit it out. Um, no. And I did not say the N-word. You did which not. Which is good. Uh, yeah, you know what? I'm glad we didn't yeah. hit that one. Number two. Now, this is a sly one, but Dan was to mispronounce a Greek word. And, Dan, do you realise I kind of... I, I ushered you to do the first paragraph for that reason. Because uh, you... What was that Greek word you couldn't say? <sighs> Oh, the, is that yeah. how you did it? Yeah. Because <laughs> I, I kind of ushered Dan to... That's uh, not fair, though, because that wasn't in Latin. It was in Greek alphabet. I don't know how to read the Greek alphabet. Uh, in all fairness, you did get other Greek words wrong. In all fairness, like the Achaeans and stuff like that. So, uh, we that was one we kind of hit okay. pretty badly. The one which I wish we did hit was that we didn't mention Peterborough services. Oh, we didn't mention Peterborough services. You know what? I was very tempted to shoehorn it in, but it just didn't feel right to treat the gods like that. No. So, yeah... You know, I think um, I realise that uh, we, you know, uh, you can't cheat, you can't cheat destiny. You know, we can't create our own. You got destiny. one of them, right? Yeah. Uh, although I did kind of manufacture it a bit, but then you did also do it yourself. So, uh, wow. So Dan, what do you think about me? I, I feel quite Machiavellian, kind of like setting you up like that. Glad yeah. you remember that. Actually, I completely yeah. forgot that was a thing we did. Uh, How was the episode thirty already? Yeah. Well, thank you so much for listening to the podcast and. Uh, uh, no one actually got in touch about uh, prophecies, uh, admittedly. But if you want to get in touch with us in the future for future stuff, why don't you predict what happens in episode sixty? Yeah, I'm doing it already. The more prophecies, okay? Okay, yeah. Let's get people to email in between now and episode sixty. With yes, yes. It can be anything you want, and it'll be this time. It's totally fan made, okay? So you send in the prophecies for episode sixty, and we'll see if they. Happen. What will we do or say in the podcast? <laughs> We're normally quite reliable. I'm surprised. Yeah. The N-word actually to be fair was a joke from you in the yeah, first place. Yeah. Obviously we knew I wasn't going to say that. I don't, know. I don't think I've even said it on a podcast before. Well, you know, between you and... Well, I'll tell you off the podcast. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I want you to send it in. Uh, yeah, it was meant as a joke. Yeah. But if you have some uh, funny pro- funny prophecies or things that you think that might happen in episode 60, email us in at mispodcast at gmail.com. 
Or if you just want to get in touch uh, or leave us a funny message, it would be great to hear your correspondence. And we love hearing it. Uh, and thank you to Chris for sending your email in. And we've got a couple more emails to read out in the next couple of weeks as well. And if you want to send us a tweet to tell us how much you're liking it, you can tweet us at... Mizpodcast at gmail.com. That's our email address. Do you know who you just said? Uh, no, but tweet. Oh, but tweet. Sorry. Um, at Mizpodcast. He doesn't really listen to me. Uh, uh, and also Facebook as well. And how many stars should you give us on iTunes, Dan? Between one and four. That's not correct. What, three? No. Seven? Don't, no. Oh, I'm so confused by how star ratings work. We're not very good at mass, are we? No. <laughs> uh, maybe... Two to the power of six? That'll do. <laughs> Five stars. Five stars on iTunes, please. And why don't you tell your friends about us? Tell, tell your family about us? Uh, and tell, tell your neighbours about us, you know? Uh... If you're at work uh, with someone, tell them to listen to this podcast. And what are we going to do to them if they don't don't tell people, Dan? We are going to mention everyone who's ever listened to Myths by name on the podcast. Maybe we should do the opposite way around and be faster. Everyone who's ever <laughs> listened to the podcast by name, providing that you email us and tell me your name. And we can do shout This seems impractical. Uh, I think that's a logistical error. Message us. Hi, this is Bloody Blah from Bloody Blah, and we just listen to myths. Then say what, you, what your favourite episode is. And we'll yes, read it out. actually, yeah, tell us your favourite. And we'll, what we'll do, we'll retell that story again. <laughs> we'll give you a shout out, I promise. Yeah, and what, yeah, tell us what your favourite episode is. Or tell us your least favourite episode. Tell us which presenter you like more. Stuff like that. Stuff that really cuts us up inside. Something that really, yeah, pushes us apart. Yeah, because <laughs> that nothing says. Man blew a raspberry on my stomach earlier today. I feel like he thinks we're getting too close. Mm, I mean, wait, is that a problem for you? No, I just. Should we, Dan, should we finish off the podcast by me doing a, a raspberry in your stomach? <laughs> Go on, be funny. Go on. <laughs> yeah. All right. Thank you for listening. <laughs> I hope you enjoy. Get closer. Oh, go on. Do a good one there. Uh, so We're actually doing this. Yeah, Matt so is actually about to blow a raspberry. Go goodbye, on. everyone. Go on. <laughs> that was a good one. <laughs> Bye, everyone. <laughs> Myths. Myths.